0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. See, I didn't break into a high vibrato. That was a low vibrato side and today have we got a show for you if you've ever been in a quandary is that the right word Juan Have you ever been in a stupor of not knowing Mm. whether to choose a or b a dilemma an ethical dilemma
1: like do I wear a white shirt when I'm getting ready to observe court or a blue shirt Like something like that?
0: Again, joined on the board today. Juan Mijares is running the board. Uh, He is not an attorney.
1: No, that's why I said observe.
0: He observes because he's only one year into law school. And uh, he dresses like an attorney. And by golly, if he doesn't smell like an attorney. But he's not giving any legal advice on the show. Is that deodorant or something? What is that? Mm -hmm. Is that uh, legal brief, I think they call it? It (laughs) Hey. Legal brief. Hey, on the show today, we're talking Ethics. Which which seems like oh, boring, but this is a fascinating show because should you speed because you know you can get away with it
2: if you have a child choking in the back do you speed to get off the highway to save them you know no, or if do you... you
0: hit your brakes really hard <laughs> it'll pop will pop the sucker out not automatic right out. Heimlich.
3: okay it's pretty cool yeah
0: but I actually was just in a car ride with my children for twenty four hours total uh, it was a long ride. And Did they all survive. They all survived, except I had one kid that was kind of my little fuzzbuster, and this kid would watch, and every time I'd speed up, he'd say, "Dad, Dad." <laughs> He's going to be a cop one day, Dad. And I'm thinking, so morally, I mean, you know, normally I would go like five to eight miles over the speed limit until Mr. Fuzzbuster would see it. <laughs> Do you want that on the record? I just he's probably kind of taking just, notes. It's out there now. It's we have yeah. like
1: two seconds before the well, delay That's true. Nope, you, should, you should. Nope. Oh, Darn it. Dang it.
0: But what I did do, just this is my ethical dilemma, I just moved him to the back seat. He, he was in the second seat, and I moved him to the back seat, and those seats are taller, so he couldn't
2: see. He couldn't see the speedometer. Yeah. He just felt the shaking of
0: the back And all of a sudden, door. I just felt better morally. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. And every once in a while, he's checking, hey, Dad, are we speeding? And I'm, I just turn the volume of the music up, so I can Oh yeah, it.
1: that's why I fix my car too. But that's see, but that's show. me not dealing with
0: my moral <laughs> issue,
1: ethics. It's everywhere in our life, it, everywhere.
0: And so we have to. We're going to take it on today. We've got a, an actual professor of ethics, which you know you would think would be like, oh, that's that's be, cool. Yeah, I just think on this show we need it. I think yeah. we have a lot of situational ethics going on.
3: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: Mike jumped in like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, all the time. Now, <laughs> Mike, is that because you're, you just studied this or you really believe that?
3: No, I really believe it. Um, I, I think a, a lot of people uh, misinterpret when ethics are involved in their everyday lives and, and when they are.
0: I agree. What do you mean? Because you've studied it so much. Oh. What, what, what you think about ethics isn't normal because you've read a lot lately.
3: Yeah, well, there's been lots of studies done on it. And some of the studies show that, that when people are placed, you know, when they're asked, hey, what's a, what's a moral dilemma in your life? They'll say things like buying a new apartment or looking for a new car or what, what? color should I paint the living room? And that's not a moral dilemma at all. It's at just all. a
2: dilemma. And they think, it, oh, well, it dealt with me. So it's moral. So but, but a moral but dilemma
0: no. would be, should you uh, should you take a, an apartment
3: and get it at a lower rate? Because you
0: misconstrued who you were.
3: Yeah, hmm. there you go. Or let's say your religion uh, prohibits working on Sundays and a new job, you would be working on Sundays. That might be a moral yeah. dilemma. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay.
2: Or the type of work, you know, something that... Well, what's the answer? You... Well, that's, that's the thing. The... Let's yeah.
0: start yeah. answering these. Uh, yes, yes, no. There you go.
1: So that wraps up the show. <laughs> there you go. Show. Thanks How for joining good? everybody. Let's go to
0: break. Yes, yes, no is the ethical code. I had an ethical dilemma as a child. I was a my first job, sixteen years old. Actually, I was probably fifteen. No, it's probably sixteen. And um, I had to work on Sundays at a golf course. But that I, I wanted to work at the golf course because they would also give me free green times. It was a country club in Salt Lake City. Oh, nice. and I thought, you know, ladies are going to love a guy that golf's. So. <laughs> and now you're yeah, married. You're fired. married, so it yeah, worked. So it totally worked. Yeah. So I, but I had I'd have to work Sundays, and I didn't mm-hmm. want to work Sundays. And it was just totally in the back of my head every time I'd go in on Sunday. I'm like, this is totally wrong. You shouldn't be working. You shouldn't be working. You shouldn't be working. And then I had a little golf cart. They call them a Cushman. Cushman's a brand. And I was driving this little golf cart around and ran it right into a fence accidentally. Oh. I was running parallel to the fence line and the thing was bouncing me all over. And then my little box on the back of the little cart got hooked onto the fence, whipped me right into the fence. Oh, no. Jeez. And I, I tore off, a, I tore off a, a box on a golf cart. And right then I decided, yeah, I probably ought, ought not work on Sundays. So I drove my cart in, messed up, and I looked at the guy and I'm like, ah, this, I think this is God telling me I shouldn't work on Sundays. And he's like, we're going to make sure you don't work on Sundays. <laughs> wow. was <laughs> pretty cool. See, so I had a dilemma, but then God fixed it by having me crash. <laughs> so that's why it's important that we don't leave it up to just, God, we should probably make our own decisions.
2: Yeah.
1: But you got to do your part. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. And there's something
1: I did I'd,
0: my part. I drove. You drove. And, <laughs> and you, you broke it.
1: Broke
2: you it. broke it. And there went your paycheck. There's but, better
0: ways to do this, right? Because you guys have researched this. Aaron, yeah. Mike, you guys. Yeah. So what, what do we do? What, what do we do?
2: Mike has some good stories he'll bring up. I want to mention real quick, though, is sometimes I have a question to pose is, is it okay to lie for the good of someone else? You know, and it could be a lot of different scenarios. Uh, does the dress make me look fat? Not, oh, see, that's or the, does my haircut look good?
0: Okay. Is that okay? Is that unethical? Yeah. Hmm. You know? Uh, we got to ask the expert
4: of that because that's that's a death, life or death question. You do know why he's asking this question? Because he's about to get married. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the got to learn these things, Matt. Come
0: when on. you're first married, don't well, I'm just don't don't, don't, don't even talk to your wife. But right? see, she's oh. not she's not actually she's not asking for a fat content evaluation. She doesn't want to know. She's not saying, "Do I look fat on that?" She's just saying, "Please reaffirm that you find me okay. attractive." Yeah,
2: that's what I, and that's what I feel. It's, if it's a reaffirmation,
0: yeah. you can sense it. Then wouldn't you just yeah. quote, quote
2: unquote don't say lie no, or you tell don't look the truth? Yeah.
3: No, but isn't that when you say, "Hey, just say what you mean"? Why can't you just say, "Hey, could you reaffirm my your attractiveness"? That sounds me? like fighting words. Yeah, She
4: so.
0: shouldn't have to because you right. should know.
4: The correct answer to that, or the incorrect answer to that, is no. The dress doesn't make you look fat. Your blank makes <laughs> you look fat. It's or, my
2: eyes, honey. I haven't gone or, to the eye doctor for a while. Here's another one.
0: Not you're supposed to say not fat, just just squishy. Oh, you don't look fat. I would
1: prefer I am, fat over squishy.
4: Squishy personally. is
0: question,
2: questionable.
4: I, I think the audience can tell that Maddie's not here today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're probably. free to say whatever. We, we want. are going overboard. Yeah,
0: it's always some. It's fun on topics like this to not have Maddie here because she would <laughs> she'd be hurting. Somebody. She'd bring us back.
2: Now, I have some, okay, before he goes into the big, deep story, there's yeah. some really cool yeah. dilemmas. This is a really simple one to kind of kick it off. Okay. Um, it's by Immanuel Kant, and he asks, what would you do if someone who was running by you with a weapon, maybe like a bad guy, asks you, have you seen someone running away? And
0: Is this Immanuel where- Kant, the great, like the social philosopher? philosopher yeah i think so. yeah uh-huh oh wow oh, and gosh. so if you tell the truth Set to this guy straight. it
2: could lead to to death or severe injury whereas if you lie you save someone's life potentially Sheesh. so that's you know and it's like well okay so that's why i
4: lie because uh, i think that's yeah. where you have to say with great power comes great responsibility
2: wow. you have knowledge knowledge is power right okay but so, it's also power mm. to die
0: yeah so that kind of so if the guy's running by you and he has a gun and he passes and he's, you, yeah, and, he's and like, another guy's like, chasing him. Is that the question? It, it's it's in the opposite. If
2: if someone's running away who's like looks innocent and someone's chasing him like minutes says, after, where with is a he? weapon? Where is he? You could lie oh, and leave, lie, save the guy's life.
0: You just lie. You lie. So that's
2: an well, extreme.
3: You don't, you don't know what's going on. There. You know, what, yeah, that's what, what was if was he robbed his you house? You have or, no idea.
1: That's, that's what if he's a, an undercover cop going after could, the could most could wanted be. list? Guy? That, that's yeah. the point. That's, yeah.
2: that's where it gets confusing. It's like, yeah. hmm, your brain will go off and fire these personal moral dilemmas. And but then what you've if that guy lies with?
0: to you and he says, I'm, a, I'm an undercover cop and that guy just killed three women? Yeah. See? See? Oh, man, there you even go. More they're, extreme. They're, that's why they
3: call it a moral dilemma. Oh, exactly. And it's funny. Morals are really interesting because it, across all societies, there's a few things that people find morally wrong, like murder, mm-hmm. stealing. You know, but we deal with them in different societies in different ways. Like in Thailand, if somebody steals, you or or in uh, uh, Vietnam, they cut off the left hand. There you go. And uh, you know, here in the United States, uh, Western society, we probably think that's a little too severe of a punishment to deal with the crime, right? Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. I and mean, um, we should cut off a finger.
1: Yeah. Start Depending, small. Start.
3: A little bit of the pinky. But see, that's <laughs> it. Isn't that funny? Even
0: how we discipline is based on our morals.
3: Exactly. This
0: is why so many people just want to have no morality. Let's get rid of the morals. Let's have an amoral society. Is that the word? I'm looking to the attorney. Immoral? Well, amoral. and with that, is there
2: an Amoral. A A, yeah. a, a-, a would
0: a be without without, no. No M moral.
1: would be the opposite of moral. Yeah, I don't So know. it must be amoral. Amoral. We know what you're talking about.
0: But see, it's, it's just easier to just not. Well, that's what we've got to ask the experts because I'm pretty sure none of us know. So is there an absolute
2: moral truth like telling the truth is what it, you should do? Or do you think that the world has some type of we feel like we shouldn't do com- – compelled to not do certain things? Like murder,
0: for example. That's yeah.
2: a, a globally yeah. recognized yeah, I know we go to war, thing, we murder people right? all the time. Yeah, right? so,
0: so – that's not called murder, so we just change what it means. Okay. Their death was to save justify, the country. We justify, I guess. That's what I think we have to do is we have to shift based on what we
3: believe. Well, well maybe we should test that. I have a set of uh, dilemmas here that I can read. These are good. These are good. These are uh, from a a set of dilemmas, a series called the Kohlberg dilemmas. These are often given to psychology students as they're analyzing uh, ethics and and moral behavior. And so this is one that is given. And this is flawed because every single character in the dilemma is – breaking some kind of moral code. And so you kind of have to decide, okay, what's going on here? So here here I go. I'll read one. So Judy was a 12-year-old girl. Her mother promised her that she could go to a special rock concert coming to their town if she saved up from babysitting and lunch money to buy a ticket to the concert. A 12-year-old girl to a rock concert. Okay, this makes sense. She managed to save up uh, the $15 the ticket would cost plus another $5. But then her mother changed her mind and told Judy that she had to spend the money on new clothes for school. Mm. Judy was disappointed and decided to go to the concert anyway. She bought a ticket and told her mother that she had only been able to save $5 from buying clothes. That Saturday, she went to the performance and told her mother that she was spending the day with a friend. A week passed without oh. her mother finding out. Judy then told her older sister, Louise, that she had gone to the performance and had lied to her mother about it. Now, Louise wonders whether to tell their mother what Judy did. And that's, mm. uh, that's the dilemma because ha- there's several different issues here. Oh, well, yeah. Well, you, you, once you start lying, you're
0: dead. So that's probably a sign, you know, you've already broken the ethical code. Well, Well, the thing
2: thing I found interesting is where she has the money and then she saves extra, but she still gets the ticket. So she's saving the five extra dollars she has. She's not necessarily going to be lying to her mom because she's saving money, but she's not obeying what her mother directly told her to do. Also, her mother
3: promised her that she could go and the mother broke the promise. Bait and switch. So what
0: do you do? Do you just... This is where I would call a law firm. You rock hard. Like Athari oh, and yeah. Nicaris. What, what, what does Juan think? Juan's I mean, not a lawyer, so whatever he says,
1: do not misconstrue he looks a bit nervous as over there. legal
0: advice. But he does. He is wearing a suit, and he does have his hands on his hips right now. Juan. I
1: just took him off. I think I would move for recess Okay, and have time to deliberate. <laughs> Great motion. Yeah. Great motion. I think that's what I would do. I would second that.
4: Because I move to recess any time I can because I want to be on the swings.
1: Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> the swings. Da-dum.
0: Recess was a good time for me in
1: yeah. elementary school. Talk about moral dilemmas.
0: See, watch what we're doing. See, we're avoiding the moral dilemma because none of us... It's have hard.
2: Deal. We don't want to appear, you know, By the way,
0: that also seems like parenting 101. Right. Right? So mom ought probably not make a deal with her daughter and then rescind. You can't do
1: that. Yeah. Just be ambiguous. Yeah. Be very
0: yeah. ambiguous. Yeah. No. That- Teach a moral code <laughs> and then... See, it's interesting. So now notice everyone has to kind of obfuscate and hide and everyone's hiding now. And we're all knowing, you know, mom bait and switched, whatever we call it. Uh, The girl's trying to be moral, but really is being moral, moral in an immoral way, I guess. Hmm. This is why we needed a pro. So that's what we got. We got to go. We got we to bring on the pros because we're clueless. We're calling recess right now, actually, right? Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to have an ethicist, a pure, true PhD ethical expert is going to be joining us. He's going he's gonna to walk us through this and, and hopefully get us back in the game. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. We'll be back with insights into your ethics right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are talking about ethics and uh, the importance of understanding kind of the nuance of how to make it through all of these ethical dilemmas you may have in your life. Life's hard anyway, but then all of a sudden when you want to be moral and and make sure that you're trying to make decisions that are aligned to your value system and your principles, how do you make it through all of the nuances, all of the different... Um, you know, opportunities you may have. And how do you do so with your morals and values and principles intact? We've asked Dr. Brad Agle to join us. He is an endowed professor. He is the the uh, George W. Romney professor at the Institute of Public Management at the Marriott School of Management at BYU here. And uh, Brad Agle, prior to his appointment at BYU in 2009, he spent 17 years as a professor of strategy, organizations, and environment— Wow, really? In the Katz Graduate School of Business at the University of Pittsburgh, where he also served uh, for eight years as the inaugural director of the David David Berg Center for Ethics and Leadership. Dr. Agle received his Ph.D. in business management from the University of Washington and a B.S. in, in information management from BYU You've worked a lot of places, but uh, Dr. Agel, teach us ethics. It's hard. Welcome to the show. Nice to be with you, Matt. <clears throat> it's it's hard. I mean, we were just trying to. Did you hear what we were doing earlier? I did. That's that was that, that was the Immanuel Kant one, right? Did you That's hear correct. That?
5: And by the way, Immanuel Kant would say you don't lie.
0: Would he say that flat out?
5: He would. He's uh, they're they're two big categories of ethics. One is deontology, which essentially says we follow a set of principles or rules, uh-huh. and then there's another school that sort of says, no, you're looking
0: to see what's going to provide the greatest outcome. The greatest good. So kind yeah. of means versus end. So it's kind correct. of one's the law, the means, versus the end is what serves the best outcome. Exactly. And sometimes they well, are at Machiavellian, right? So the outcome is... Well, well Machiavellian,
5: Machia- Machia- not necessarily, because Machiavellian,
0: it's more about outcomes for me. Oh, for you personally, versus society's versus, greater good. Gr- correct. So uh, well, uh, that just complicated it even more. Well, you yeah, sure it does. It's very
5: complicated. In fact, I, I was just having a conversation with some people who read this article, some friends of mine, and they yeah. said,
0: you must have really tough life. And I'll tell you what, I do, do feel you? the pressure. Well, oh, yeah. Because everything to you, you see the moral dilemma that most of us may not even see. It's what
5: I see the world through. So, yeah, I, uh, I feel a tremendous amount of pressure to do the right thing. Why and you can imagine, you? after 20 years of teaching thousands and thousands of students, yeah. you know, I'm worried to death that I'm going to make that mistake and, you know, and it's blow everything. Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to
0: blow everything. All of a sudden, we're going to find all about Brad Eagle. You won't believe what he did. Exactly. He's such a failure. Um, so where we found you, Brad, was there was a, a ma- an article in BYU Magazine by Brittany Rogers that I I loved because it got into a bunch of scenarios, and the scenarios were very basic. And yet... I mean it was amazing to me how you were actually able to kind of show – this isn't one scenario. There's five potentials, six, seven, eight, ten – Things that could, that are just paralleling that, and every out of four, I had twenty-four ethical dilemmas that I could see in my own life.
5: Sure, just uh, by
0: you giving me four examples. First of all, kudos to Brittany; she did a wonderful
5: job on yeah. that article. Um, the way this article came about, um, some of my colleagues and I, we've been trying to figure out how to make teaching ethics effective, and it's a, it's a really difficult yeah, sure. subject to teach. Um, and so quite frankly, ethical dilemmas, there are thousands, millions of them. They come in every color, stripe, you know, flavor you can think of. Um, and there are general tools that we teach our students, things like the principles, the rules, do the right. best thing, you know, yeah. the golden rule, those kinds of things. And those apply to all ethical dilemmas. But th- those aren't always that helpful. Sometimes there are particular kinds of ethical dilemmas you go, well, what do I do with that kind? Yeah. And so... I've gathered hundreds and hundreds of ethical dilemmas from my executive MBA students, executive MPA students, MBA students over the years. And what uh, my colleagues and I have done is we've gone through and said, what are the similarities here? Can we come up with sort of a set of basic ethical dilemmas? And we've looked at hundreds of them, and we basically have 13. So, 13 kind of very typical ethical dilemmas. Correct. Just about any ethical dilemma you can find, you could probably look down that list of 13 and go, it's a number oh, seven. So, or that's it's a number
0: three. That's kind of what you were categorizing. You just gave four in that article. Correct. Four of the 13. Because, yeah, like um, having a leader asking you to do something you didn't want to do. Yeah, or was something unethical.
5: you. Th- that's right. Something, And that, by the way, is the
0: most common dilemma that we get from our students. Is it really? It is. That's like having number a teacher. one. Okay, do this for me before we go too far. Just explain what is ethical, what is an ethical dilemma? Or
5: so, what is ethics? Yeah, I mean, ethics is, it's a general category of how we think about right and wrong in terms of human relations. Okay. So how do we treat one another? And we can do that in uh personal realm, you know, family ethics, church ethics, yeah. business ethics, medical ethics.
0: So it's about how we treat one another and what are the rules and principles that guide us in that treatment. You know, it's funny, there's not, it's a dynamic thing, it seems like. So, or is it static? Like, is, so do, is it just a set of rules that I just need to memorize and then just apply the rules to the world? or is it is it, it seems like it's kind of more dynamic cuz it's not going to lay it's not not going to lay up like just two choices there might be eight implemented choices or potential choices out of one scenario
5: well the tricky part is there is no set of rules that everybody agrees on yeah and oftentimes the different rules like i said the the idea of as you were talking before, yeah. means ends, yeah. sometimes they'll give you different answers. No, exactly. So we've got a set of general principles, but oftentimes the the difficult ethical dilemmas are where they'll give you different answers. Yeah. Fortunately, a lot of time... You know, should I smack my brother for no reason? Right. If you put if you put all the yeah. ethics tools together, they'll mm-hmm. all say no. Yeah, exactly. But the kinds of dilemmas we're talking about, one tool might say yes, huh. a different
0: philosophy would say no. So those are the ones that are, the, as you would say, dynamic. Totally. yeah, exactly. Um, it's because we don't all have like nine out of ten dentists to ask. <laughs> right. So you can't just go to the dental board. Well, quite frankly, even even you know if you had nine out of ten emphasis, yeah, they, it's different. on the on the difficult ones. So in the end, it doesn't matter except to your approach. Well, it does matter though, okay, Explain. because it affects other people. We're talking about your behavior right. and how it
5: affects other people. Um, in and, my classes, I say it's not always easy to know exactly what the right answer is, but there's often it's easy to figure out what the wrong answer is. Okay. So I may not know out of these three or four different things what I, what I should do, but I can oftentimes say those two are probably wrong. Yeah. So let's one, definitely one not two, do that. Yeah, let's
0: definitely not do those. Okay. And I guess narrowing it to, to at least the top third of greater good maybe to, top, to find like the, the best option you can see yeah, was probably going to be healthier.
5: Yeah. Maybe absolutely. it's
0: just really just asking the question or knowing that there is a question.
5: Well, that's a really good start. Don't you think? Yeah. We call that ethical sensitivity. Is that... And we see lots of times that people don't make good ethical decisions because they didn't even recognize that this was an ethical issue. They mm-hmm. they were affecting you know,
0: their behavior. Their decision was going to affect other people. It's such a big... like I, I don't know if you heard the story about my son questioning my driving speed. Oh, I missed that part. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. And um, in my head, I'm like, well, son, I'm saving us money. and And yet... Anyway, I was speeding. But he's like, well, Dad, we're not supposed to speed, right? So we're not supposed to go above that. Yeah, it, so you were
5: you were doing the what we would call utilitarian yeah, analysis, can, which is— I
0: can get away with five over, well, seven you, over. And,
5: you're, and you're saying, it's going to be better for the world. We'll get to where we need to yeah. be faster, and I'm still safe at that speed. Mm-hmm. And your son is taking the deontological approach, which is the rules or principles, yeah. saying, no, no, we're supposed to follow
0: the rules, Dad. Isn't that— <laughs> And then you don't want to, like, blow his little world up, because you're, you're right. yeah. So I just put him in the back seat where he couldn't see. Yeah, there you go. It's wrong, but. that's one of the ways we deal with it. Yeah. We just <laughs> throw, sure. we always throw it in the back seat. I have I have a bunch
5: of students who are looking at uh, film clips, looking for rationalization techniques we use. There, there are actually fifteen that we identify that we and use just to, common rationalization. Yeah, because we all like to feel that we're a good person, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So if we do bad things, that destroys our mental image of
0: ourselves. Oh, yeah, we don't want to go there,
5: right? So the other the other approach is to then <laughs> rationalize that that bad thing was actually not bad. Yeah, and we have lots of really. Our minds are really good at that.
0: Oh, we're messed up. Oh, we are. But see, this must be the most confusing. Does it get easier? It does. You can start to see the pattern. You can see the patterns better. There are there
5: are frameworks that we can use, and and literally as as we go through these thirteen, not that we're going to go through them yeah. today, but we have now set up a series of questions
0: for each of those thirteen that actually help clarify the. Clarify the issues for people. This is huge. Um, Let's let's wait. Let's do some scenarios when we come back. But um, let me ask you: Is is this harder? So, because we're coming on the show today from BYU, okay? So, a religious institution with a with a set of religious code and values. Is it harder ethically for people that are more religious? Or is it easier? It's a double-edged sword. Okay, talk about that. It truly is.
5: Um, To some degree, uh, we think we're morally superior. Yeah. And so, therefore, we think we know the right answer. That's totally wrong. Right. Yeah, and so, like, uh, the biggest hurdle that we have to overcome at BYU is convincing our students that they actually need to take this course,
0: (laughs) that they're actually going to get something (laughs) out of it. I know, morally. I know, exactly. Oh, yeah, I've
5: been to Sunday school. I was a remissionary. I don't need this. It's true, though. And the first day, we give them a scenario... And they do the scenario, and they 're all over the board yeah. on what they think of the right thing to do is you know, in I, fact, very yeah. very opposing viewpoints See, you 're kind of, corrupt
0: you yeah. are corrupt, but
5: we have to you know we have to break them down yeah. we 're like Marine Corps, you have to break <laughs> them down, and, but then we build them back up. But the other side is that they are more committed mm-hmm. to doing the right thing, so when you 're able to help them, they, they are committed to doing the right thing, so yeah. when they figure out, you know what, I actually can get some help from this then they're excited and then it's actually funner because the lights go on and yeah. their
0: their commitment is there well and you I, I there seems to be i mean we're always like the most stone sober stone sober school in the country so but then you also have all of these companies that come and always want to recruit at BYU and the FBI supposedly and the CIA and all these people but part of that is just maybe appearance i mean we're i mean i really do i think we're moral it's just but what you're saying when it gets to ethics is it can kind of go anywhere. Uh,
5: you know, we do get some halo effect yeah, from, from our religi- religious perspective. And there are certain areas where, you know, when you start talking about the FBI and CIA, etc., there's a lot of truth in that because we are very deontological. Uh, yeah, follow the law. Follow, follow the, the law. Follow, follow the, the rules. Rule. Exactly. So particularly for law enforcement, okay. they really like that. Um, There's a really funny story, and I don't don't know the truth of it, but it's kind of a funny story. Apparently the CIA says, we know, uh, based on a set of questions, who's a Mormon? Because they say, you know, (laughs) would you uh, kill someone in the line of duty if you needed to? Mormon's absolutely.
0: Sure, not a problem.
5: Yeah, would you sleep with somebody other
0: than your spouse? Never. Never. Isn't that interesting? Mormon. Would you drink a beer? Never. Not in your life.
5: Exactly. I kill him sure, but drink but a beer? It?
0: No way. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay, good. This is great. We're going to take a break. Dr. Brad is going to continue to teach us ethics. When we come back, we're going to be doing some role uh, some role plays, I guess. Try to you're going to give us some scenarios, scenarios and we're going to try to see if there's any morality left on this team. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to BYU Radio. Welcome back everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking ethics. Have you ever wondered, you know, you're in a dilemma and you don't know quite how to get through. Your boss has asked you to to do something that maybe you don't think you should do. It's not, you know, ethical. He wants you to lie about a report. Do you do it? What do you do? Your job's on the line. Well, we've got the pro here to tell us. Dr. Brad Agle is joining us. He is a, uh, an endowed professor. He has the endowment, the George W. Romney Endowment uh, at the Institute of Public Management at the Marriott School at, at BYU. And uh, Dr. Agle has been working ethics for years. One of his books includes, it's a research companion to behavioral ethics in organizations, constructs, and measures. He has another book called Business Ethics, a Field Guide. But Dr. Eagle is an active researcher, and he concentrates in his work on business ethics, stakeholder management. He's CEO leadership as well. So, again, Dr. Egel, thanks for joining us. Nice to be here. And before I forget, my uh, co-author,
5: Aaron Miller and uh, Bill O'Rourke, would love me to say, hey, if you're interested in learning more about this,
0: go to ethicsfieldguide.com. In fact, let's let's write that down so I remember it. <laughs> ethicsfieldguide.com. Is that, is that the website where for your upcoming book? That's correct. Okay. Because you're trying to also aggregate... Scenarios, examples. We
5: are. And on that website, for example, uh, you'll find all 13 of the different kinds
0: of dilemmas with the questions associated with those dilemmas. So what you've done in your research is you've gone and you've identified that of all of the ethical dilemmas there are, that you've basically found that they tend to fall into 13 different piles. That's correct. And um, today we're going to go through some of the piles, and then with each pile, you've also constructed questions that one could ask to help them process through that dilemma. Correct. Okay, cool. So uh, give us a few examples of what are some of these areas. Sure. Uh, well,
5: let me just give you a few of the uh the types of uh, dilemmas. Uh, first one that you mentioned, which is the most common one that our students deal with, uh, is having a boss ask you to do something that you yes. feel is unethical. So it's how do you stand up to power?
0: By the way, our boss here wants me to wear a pirate shirt. Well, that's terrific. It, I look like a goofball. Well, I'm a Pittsburgher, so oh, okay. you should oh, yeah. wear that pirate Not that shirt. Kind of, like a real pirate puffy shirt. Like, I would wear a Pittsburgh football, or a baseball shirt any day. He <laughs> wants me to wear a real pirate. <laughs> anyway, okay, so keep going. Okay, so um, another one
5: is you make a promise and then the world changed. Yeah. So, deal, yeah. so, so what does that mean Switch for the promise the you made? Or another, uh, sometimes, should you show mercy? So, you've got somebody yeah. who's done something. Especially and, to
0: somebody that didn't show mercy. Do I uh, show mercy to one who never showed mercy? That's one of the questions we ask,
5: oh. actually. So, there you go. Very good. So, cool. that's
0: one of the questions.
6: Okay.
5: Um, you know, another one that you guys were talking about earlier, uh, when do I sacrifice my personal values?
7: Yeah.
0: So, uh, well, I have. Oh, you got to teach us. Okay. Well, we, we think, you well, may that's think I'm wrong. No but, no, no, but the deal is in the end, I guess, you don't. Uh, it, it was a difficult uh, decision, decision, but I've worked on Sundays. Oh, so have I. I crashed my car. Because of it. Yeah, that was yours. Yeah. 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 It's bad. But um, I didn't. uh, Mine turned out fine. Okay, how about this one? How about you get $250 worth of meat from Omaha Steaks? Ah, mine. (laughs) That's your scenario. That's my scenario. Is that how you got into this? No, no. In fact,.
5: It's, just, a, it's a long story we don't have time to go into, but my short, flippant answer is I got into ethics because of sexual misconduct. Did you really? Which is really true. Which, but not on my part, so we'll just make that clear.
0: Okay. Okay, so... And then after that, you're like, okay, I, somebody's got to figure this
5: out. So I, 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 got, I went started into a PhD program, and I was um, going to study how organizational systems, information systems, affect organizational design. There was a professor there. I was going to work with him, and between the time I got accepted into school and showed up in the fall, he was gone. Busted. He was busted. Apparently, he suggested to a doctoral student that if she wanted to finish, maybe sleeping him, with oh, him would, no. would, would make it faster.
0: And so then, all of a sudden, you're now in the program, and I'm your in professor's the gone.
5: And the, that professor's gone. Part of the program dealt with ethics. And so I ended up doing more ethics than I had originally <laughs> planned on doing.
0: Isn't it weird how life works? It does. an ethical dilemma, you were forced to do more ethics. It was, yeah. And there's a whole bunch of twists well, and, and turns to that. Well, thank heavens you did. Uh, but, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a great ride. And now you're here to teach us. Give us a scenario. What's a scenario that we should think about? And then how do we solve it with the questions?
5: You bet. So here's one that uh, I like to give early in my semester. Uh, so you're a manager. You're an IT manager, okay. and you're working on a new project, very important project. You're a 1000000000 dollar company. You're developing a system for another industry, so it's a really important project. Right. And you need a particular technical expert. And there is one working in your company, but he's working on a different project. And you keep trying to get him, you keep trying to get him, you can't get him because he's on this other project. Meanwhile, you've got somebody else working there, but that person's leaving in a week and a half. And you've got to get somebody in to gain his knowledge to do the transition. Before we transition. Yeah, before we transition. It's a critical project. You're barely on schedule. You're a little over budget. And so you're kind of panicking. And so you got to get somebody in there. You finally find someone who is qualified for the first part of the project, but the second part of the project you're like, "Eh, not really sure he can do it." However, you got the other guy in the company still, and he could sort of help. So you go, "Okay, I'm going to hire this guy." So you call him, he he agrees to start. Yeah. So he's hired. Oral agreement, come in on Tuesday. It's Thursday night. The next day he's calling the other guy, starting to get the information oh, no. Monday afternoon. The other guy inside, inside your company, company calls you up and says, did you hear about the acquisition we did this morning? Oh. We just did the acquisition and you got it. I'm, <sighs> I'm going to be, I'm potentially laid off from the company. So I'm available for your project. It's You're three, hired. It's three o'clock in the oh, afternoon.
0: Darn it. Where are my morals? What are you going to do? I'd hire him.
5: Well, of course, you got to hire him. Got to hire him because you got to meet your commitment yeah. to your to and your He's client. the guy. He's Absolutely. the guy you always wanted. Absolutely, and he he can do both stages. So now, what do you do with the other guy? You um, made a you made an oral commitment to him. You said you're hired. I go
0: tell HR.
5: Okay, that's a great idea. And by I have him
0: bail me out. Okay, yeah. because I messed up, and that's why you shouldn't have me doing these things. Well, no, your 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 instincts are good. Don't you
5: First think? thing is, yeah, you, they, they you should know go. what to do, and they know this is guys more valuable. Really, exactly. So you should go get that help. Okay. Interestingly enough, about half of the people, the two thirds of the people who I who what would they do? They they just say call the guy up and say sorry, you don't have a job. Which oh
0: is, yeah, that's it, that's it, horrible. It doesn't feel very good, yeah, does that it? Feels I mean, bad. you just
5: kind of go to the golden rule and you go, yeah.
0: I don't think I'd like that phone call. I actually, that's why I was having. I was going to have HR tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> but HR might. Okay, yeah. That's so let me, so let me give me
5: some. Let me give you some questions. Okay, so this is the you made a commitment and the world changes dilemma. Okay, right. Which is life. That's life. That yeah. happens all the time. Yeah. Okay. So some of the questions that we now then ask you. Number one. Uh, well, we first start with, what's the basic principle? The basic principle is you ought to f- fulfill your
0: commitment. Yeah, you made a promise.
5: You made a promise. You, In general, you should try to fulfill your, your right. commitments, okay? But that's not always the case. So what are some of the questions? Number one, first question is,
0: do you have the ability to fulfill the commitment? Can can I do... Can, do I have the, the, the ability to call the person and cancel them out or to or, keep them in? Or, or to keep them in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and if I don't, because I'm over budget... If you have... You know, you're a small company and you
5: just simply do not have the yeah. money. Yeah. Then no one's really going to hold you morally liable right. for that, right? So I I tell my neighborhood we're going to have a, you know, a barbecue at our house this Saturday and then the hurricane comes through <laughs> and I don't have a yeah. house anymore. Yeah. No one's going to really say, "Oh, you you're a terrible you moral person. You didn't right. have a," right? So do you even have the ability, ability in this case this is a multi-billion dollar company the answer is we have the ability we have the ability okay so that really
0: doesn't even if my department doesn't my company does correct hr does bingo
5: exactly so that really doesn't let you off the hook in terms of the commitment you make to this guy now one of the questions we ask in this one is what kind of commitment are you making you know sort of some people say well a job okay well you're you can be fired at any time so that's really not much of a commitment then you have to ask yourself, well, is that the kind of company you want to be? Is that the value the principle you're question. Your, your, is your this company? how you really want to be? Yeah, exactly. So for most companies the answer is probably not. Right. So uh, you have the capacity. Second question, could you have seen the potential change coming when you made the commitment? Right. No. So in this case, they see this is a really tricky one. Is this it? is a tricky one. Oh. Because that individual could not have seen it coming. But the other Company knew it was coming.
0: Oh, so the company's obligated. Yeah, because the, the person... and they were the one keeping the secret because they were doing the buyout. Bingo, exactly. So the company has to step up. Bingo, that's very cool. good. That's exactly. a great question. Exactly. What's the
5: question? The, the question is, could, could you have foreseen the possible change? You, the person, or are you, the bigger entity? That's great. Yeah, in this case, that's why it's a little tricky because yeah. you, as the employee, you were not making mm-hmm. the promise on behalf of yourself. The no. You were making the promise mm-hmm. on behalf of the company. The company did know.
0: Did HR know I was hiring this guy?
5: Yes. But
0: HR didn't know about so okay, at that cool. level. At that level, they didn't know about that's it. That's really good because it seems like one way to deal with your ethics then is just make – like almost make it a bigger pile. Like I don't know how to say this because I don't have the well, – but you just make it a bigger – just increase the circle. You want to get help. So if, it, if I can't handle it, then I'd increase it to my HR expert that could. Absolutely. And if she can't, she can go to the corporate side. Absolutely. And you then we to have help. to ask all these ethical questions on each of these levels.
5: Yeah. And a third question is, is there an alternative that would perhaps make the promised party just as happy as if you had kept the original commitment? That's great. So is there something else we could do? Is there a third alternative? In this particular case, what they did is they called the person in and said, did you make any commitments based on our commitment to you? They found out, sure enough, he had just signed a lease on his apartment for the next year because he He didn't know where
0: he was going to (laughs) work. He broke up with his girlfriend. He's moving to your town. Yeah,
5: he didn't quite do that one. Fortunately, he had only signed the lease, but he still had two other job offers that he hadn't canceled. Oh, there we go. So it's not so it's not so bad. That's good. So what they did is they offered him three months severance. Is the, they really the one month severance would basically cover the penalty he'd have to pay for getting out of his lease? Huge. Which means he then walks away with two months of pay.
0: Yeah, for doing nothing. For
5: doing nothing, which made him feel pretty. And darn, he could still get another job. He can get, and he did get another job. And interestingly enough, two years later, that company needed his skill set again. And,
0: and they when hadn't they went the to village. him. What did he think? I like these guys. I
5: like these guys, and he
0: ended up going to work for them. Oh, that's huge. See, that's ethics. That's why it pays, huh? Because we handle it right now, and we can get better results tomorrow. Ethics pays at every level.
5: I can, I can if, if we had more time, I could demonstrate how ethics pays as an individual. I can demonstrate how it pays as, a, as an organization. As, I can demonstrate how it pays as, as a country. Yeah. Okay,
0: we'll save it, because we're coming back, and I, I would love to hear how that goes. Plus, I want to do another scenario. You bet. We're talking with Dr. Brad Agel here from uh, Brigham Young University. He's a, uh, you know, he's an ethical pro. He just walked us through a dangerous minefield where we could have died. There <laughs> could have been carnage. And instead, we saved the world. We're going to take a break more with Dr. Agle after this. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to The Matt Townsend Show. What a cool show. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Brad Agel today, and uh, Dr. Agel is a, a professor. He's the uh, uh, George W. Romney Endowed Professor. What do they call that? The endowment. George W. Romney Endowment. Endowed Professor. Endowed Professor in the Institute of Public Management at the Marriott <coughs> School of Management here at Brigham Young University. He basically is teaching everybody how to be more ethical. How to deal with life which is complex and changing, which is always going to throw you in scenarios. In fact, he's identified there's 13 different scenarios which are going to create a, an ethical opportunity, a place to exercise your ethics. And what we were talking about off air is this is this is harder than just making a decision. You can you can just make a quick decision to be efficient. But it's not always ethical, so don't assume it is. Is it? That's correct. Generally,
5: not always. Sometimes doing the ethical thing is simple, but a lot of times doing the right thing uh, it takes more work, it takes more effort, it takes more sophistication, takes yeah. a greater
0: skill set. It seems like you have to have a bigger picture, though, where you you want to have integrity. There's no question. That's where it starts. Because if you don't, if it really doesn't matter to you if there's integrity or not, then you'll just burn through people. And we all know people who are
5: like that. Yeah, we do, don't we? And we know people who have a strong sense of integrity and, you know, you work with people for very long and you can pick those people out pretty quickly.
0: It's so true. Talk about – you were just going to give us a quick scenario about how in the end ethics is – it's going to pay off, whether it pays off personally for you because you managed it well or for your – you know, the team or the company.
5: Absolutely. So uh, ethics sometimes is short-term versus long-term. Um, Sometimes doing the right thing can be damaging to your career, to your company, etc., in a sense damaging. Yeah. You know, you don't get that short-term payoff or whatever. You're not immediately promoted, right. Correct. But generally, and not always, I mean, sometimes there's a long-term price to be paid for doing the right thing. But generally, it's actually going to pay off for you. Um, If we look at it, as a a, before I was talking about the individual level, organizational level, societal level. You know, we go to the societal level, it's really easy to see, right? I mean, if we don't have people cheating and stealing, etc., we don't have to have so many. Any police, That's and, right. you know, we don't have to pay for the prisons, and so it's pretty easy to tell sure. that uh, an ethical society is going to be a better place to a better place to live. Um, at the uh, individual level, there are obviously psychological reward, rewards. The organizational level, which is where I teach most mostly, and I think mostly about business, um, we talk about transactions costs and mm. transactions costs because we live in a modern society yeah. where we all specialize in something. Yeah. we all have to trade. Well. If you trade with people you can trust... That's it's, a really inexpensive transaction. It's efficient. It's, it's it, very there's efficient. There's efficiency
0: because I can just believe more what you're saying without having to do due diligence on everything. That's exactly
5: right. And you can find that same phenomenon within your organization as well as between organizations. Yeah. And so I do a whole fun class on transactions cost economics where I demonstrate that yeah. very principle that we can specialize to a greater extent when we can trust other people. That's we can, huge. We can spend our time
0: doing what we're good at. That's that Stephen M. R. book. Covey book, uh, you know, speed of trust. Speed of trust.
5: In fact, Stephen R. Covey, he he came and presented that book a couple of years did ago. He? Yeah, and I went, Stephen, you did a great job of taking a whole bunch of really good, hard, yeah, yeah hard theory, economic principles, yeah. and 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 that's essentially yeah. what he he illustrates in There's his book.
0: That qu- he says low trust cultures pay a high tax. That's correct. So high trust cultures pay a lower tax which is what facilitates efficiencies bingo right so if we're really that's trusting it. and it doesn't mean you don't do due diligence event, eventually but i don't have to do it on everything because i you know in the end i'm going to check that's right so right now let's just make it fluid and make through this well and, then, and,
5: and, and quite frankly if you get to where you really want to be you don't, don't ever have you to might do not diligence. ever have to. well yeah. that's
0: how we used to buy a house with a handshake and uh, now you got to have those days man <laughs> <don't you? laughs> well i bought a trailer without a handshake um in the end, though, uh, give us another scenario because sure. I think, and maybe do this too. Just quickly yeah. run through the thirteen scenarios. Okay, sure. Be- I mean, or just, or even just. Because I know they all have like a name and a but every one of them I think people can relate to, yeah, so we' already talked about standing up to power, we have conflicts of interest, so, so conflict of interest would be if i get if i 'm trying to hire somebody to do something and they 're my brother
5: that 's it yeah that 's a conflict of interest, and i 'm going to come back and give you kay. you talked about stakes before yeah. that 's a conflict okay. of interest one sometimes you have a suspicion you don 't have enough evidence, um, we already talked about make a promise, and the world has changed. When is it okay to skirt rules or break laws? Sometimes uh, that's actually the right thing.
0: Be, yeah, exactly.
5: Uh, when do you intervene? You see something going wrong. It doesn't really... You see not, that, You're not in the I middle, know. but you see something going... When you see somebody you, being hurt or harmed. Yeah, exactly. Am when when I, I supposed
0: to intervene?
5: Bingo. Um, another one we'll talk about is uh, when do you... Or the, when do you sacrifice personal values, right? When uh, do you work on Sunday? Yeah. Uh, how about where there's an unfair advantage? You or the other party has an unfair advantage. What do you do about that? Yeah. Sometimes you make a mistake. What do you do? Repair. What, you know? yeah. <laughs> Repentance. How do you, what do you do when you've made a mistake? We talked about showing mercy. And um, uh, what happens if somebody does something wrong to you? Or they do something that's unfair to you, can you repay harm with harm in some way? What, yeah, what's it, okay? it seems fair. And then when is it okay to dissemble? Now, Matt? Dissemble? I shouldn't I shouldn't test him on air, should I? This would be too mean, well, we'll would it?
0: Well, let's just see.
5: Okay, I should? Everyone's okay, like, the producer like here is say test hey, him. Hey,
0: don't listen to him, because he's on the Witness Relocation Program. <laughs> what does the word dissemble mean, Matt? Dissemble, without... Assembly
5: ah, Disassemble. That's what everybody thinks. Let me tell you, there's dissemble. this wonderful hymn we sing that goes, We'll love one another and never disassemble, but cease that? to do evil and never be one. Yes, you, it does. You've got a great voice. And I find, well, thank you. Um, dissemble <laughs> is a word I've never
0: even heard I of. I used
5: to think I had a good voice, and then I have this wonderful son who's got this amazing voice, does and he? it's like, I can't sing anymore. Um, so... It sounds... It, it, yeah, right? it sounds like it, disassemble. It does, but it, that's not what it means. And we have all these LDS people, none of whom know... No, what,
0: and they all sing that song. They all song. sing
5: it, and it sounds like a promise, doesn't it?
0: Well, yeah, totally. And yeah, it sounds we all made really a, good we've all, made a,
5: we've all made a promise, and none of us know what in the world promise we've made. What so is the, the word? Oh, it's means, a promise. No, the word dissemble means to make something appear different than it actually is.
3: Oh. So it's
5: basically deception.
3: Interesting. So...
5: so Whether it's through something I say, something I don't say, but it's somehow making something look like one thing when it actually is something
0: else. So the the ethical dilemma is if that's happened. Or or when
5: is is it ever okay to do that? So oh, yeah, to
0: get your kid to eat vegetables, should you dissemble? Yeah, uh, yeah, there you go.
5: <laughs> exactly. I dissemble all the time. All the time. We, yeah. But somehow you say we're not you're never going to do it. You're going to do it. I do
0: it all the time. When I taught my kids about uh, Abraham and Isaac, yep. cuz Isaac was going to be sacrificed by Abraham, my kids don't know that that was eventually called off because I want my kids to know <laughs> that that their parents can Sacrifice them. <laughs> so my, hopefully my kids aren't listening, or I gave it away. There but you see, go. that would be dissembling.
5: That's but you know, sometimes, but sometimes you need to, right? I mean, if you've just been promoted to the manager, and they're going to announce it in a few weeks, and they said, you know, don't tell anybody. Nobody in the organization yeah. knows this. And you know, one of your coworkers comes up and says, "Come on, Matt, I'll bet you you're it, aren't you? You're, you're oh, our new manager, oh, right?" Oh, that's a good one. You know, it's like, uh, what am I supposed to do? Okay, that's um, cool. and then finally, how much loyalty should you show? Now you've worked for you've worked for a company. Company for several years, they've been good to you. You get another offer. Should I give them like, two weeks'
0: notice?
5: Yeah, or, or you know, should you know, they paid for my education. It's like yeah. how 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 much do I have to give back before I feel like I've paid them back? So anyway, those are the okay. scenarios.
0: Let's go to a let's go let's go to another scenario. We've only got oh, we've got three minutes. Can you do one in one minute?
5: Uh, let's do the uh, let's do uh, working on Sunday. Okay. So uh, I. I I did executive MBA programs in Brazil and in Prague Wednesday through Sunday. Classes Wednesday through Friday and a different class Friday afternoon through Sunday. Wow. I, I you,
0: should, you don't believe in working on I the Sabbath. I don't believe
5: in working on the Sabbath. So I went to them and said, I'll teach the Wednesday through Friday. Great. They agreed. Everything's fine. I'm going to teach, and right before that I get a call and say, hey, this other professor who's supposed to teach Friday through Sunday um, is uh, has a family reunion, really wants to switch with you. What do oh, you do? In I that can't. case, in that case, it was easy, because I called him up, and he said, you know, it's my wife who really wants to go, and I don't really want to go, so that was easy. I didn't oh, that, have to switch. They just
0: bailed out. Okay, yeah, that was easy. But
5: I got another one a couple of years later where the woman who was supposed to teach, her brother died. Uh... and. And all the students were in some all the students from all of our programs in North America, yeah. Europe and Brazil were all in Sao Paulo.
0: But see, that was just that one time. That was that one time. And the woman's brother died. Yep. You got to do it. And I did. Because that's what the – see, that's ethical. Yeah. Well, well, what other questions?
5: One of the questions on that is what burden am I placing on others by imposing my beliefs or relationships? I was the only one really qualified to teach that class yeah. had I not
0: broken my – But you would have put a burden on this woman whose brother died. She'd have to worry about replacing right. herself. And yeah. That and
5: she wouldn't have really done it.
0: Yeah. Um, the
5: only thing we could have done is told those 120 students huge burden you just don't get, the, you just don't get this class We're Sorry. Gonna, you're going to have to take the class another time
0: yeah no that's good that's, is that the only question uh, no there are other, there are other questions just give us one more question
5: um, so uh, what cost am I willing to bear for my beliefs or relationships So, do you want to be known as the guy that made
0: 130 people not ever take that class
5: yeah or you know I was bishop at the time Yeah. so
0: you know what example am I so- showing gonna for my cur- yeah. I'm going to miss church Oh Brad, okay, give us this we got about twenty seconds, but you tell us what's the one thing to remember just that would help us with our ethical dilemmas. Well I think the first the, the
5: one thing is understand that it's like anything else where you have to develop the skill. Yeah. So if you want to be an ethical person, it's not automatic. It's just like if you want to be a good bicycle rider, whatever, there's work involved. You and if think, you want to be an ethical read, person, study. you've got to ethical yeah, exactly. You've got to read, study. Exactly. It's a still.
0: We are for sure. We're gonna have you back, Brad. Oh, that'd be great. You you've now you've you know, you've stirred the nest. Now I've got nothing but ethical dilemmas. <laughs> they're everywhere I look. Like. <laughs> Plus everybody go to their website, ethicsfieldguide.com. Ethicsfieldguide.com. It's just a great site to learn more about what they're doing, the book that's coming out, Business Ethics A Field Guide. That'll be out when? Uh, it'll be out in the fall. Out in the fall. Be checking for it. We'll have uh, Brad back at another time. Dr. Brad Eagle, go check it out. Business Ethics, a field guide. That'll be out in the fall. Ethicsfieldguide.com. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to take a break. Come back. More ideas on managing your ethics in life. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back, everybody. Today we're talking ethics. How are you doing? That was a great discussion with Professor Eagle. I really think uh, we can't get enough of it. Did you get enough, Mike? I don't think I did. I could keep going. And without him here, it's kind of dangerous. And now we just have Juan here. Juan's letting you touch the board. I know. It's kind
3: of cool. I feel so powerful right now. Juan, this is scary.
1: It is a little scary. I don't yeah. think well, this is right. But he could turn off your right. mic. Anytime he wants, Mike could kill your mic. So, which is not—it just
3: seems that's wrong. not
1: ethical. That's too much
3: power. I feel tempted, though. Do you? I do.
0: Tempted to what?
3: Turn off your microphone. Could be the the Mike Pond show. I don't think it'd be very good, though.
0: Well, I'd love to hear how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Hey, um, before uh, so Maddie's not here today, which is one of the reasons why, as guys, we're daring to say more things.
1: Uh, but, we're daring to say
4: anything. I
0: mean, like, yeah. Even if it's unethical. <laughs> um, but uh, here's one of the things. You know, ethical dilemmas, are they present themselves to us every single day. And wouldn't it be nice to just know exactly how to react? Well, we're here to help you to know how to do that. So Maddie has been um, helping us put together, and she's put together a little piece about personal code of ethics. How to write your own personal code of ethics and why it's so important to have one.
8: The longer I live, the more I realize that the world isn't black and white. There are lots of gray areas all over the place, and sometimes it's not easy to know what is the right thing to say or do in a given situation. We talk about ethics all the time, but as I'm sure you've learned today, there are times it's not obvious what the ethical choice is. There are some situations where it is obvious what is right and what is wrong, though, and you want to be prepared for those situations. I'm a journalism major, and in my classes, we talk about ethics extensively, as I'm sure you can imagine. One exercise that we had to do was to write our own personal code of ethics. I thought this was kind of a busy work, lame assignment, but since it was homework, I did it. As I was writing down what ethical choices I thought were important, I realized that it was huge to be writing down how I would respond in situations before I even got there. So today, go write down your personal code of ethics, Identify what is okay with you and what's not. Then, when you're thrown into situations, you'll know how to respond and how to act. This is so crucial as you make choices in your professional and personal life. I'd like to share with you a little piece of my code of ethics to get you started. I will not change who I am for others, and I will stand up for my beliefs even when they're unpopular. Dr. Sue said it best. Be who you are and say what you feel, because those who mind don't matter— and those who matter don't mind. I know I wanted to be happy with myself, regardless of what other people think, because no matter how I act, someone's not going to like me, so I might as well like myself. I will treat people as I want to be treated myself. I did borrow from the golden rule for this one. Put simply, I will be courteous and civil in my day-to-day dealings with people because that's how I would want them to act towards me. I will value basic human dignity and rights and will not intentionally cause harm to other people. As long as I respect the human dignity of others, I can feel good about who I am every day. I will be transparent in my purpose and act in a manner that is fair and just for all concerned. It's important to promote a spirit of openness in my personal and professional life. I want privacy, obviously, but I'm willing to tell people the truth and I'm willing to tell people what my motivations are. I will never be satisfied with anything less than my best effort. To me, excellence is not about the results I achieve, but it's how I go about achieving them. It's not about the trophies on the wall. It's me doing my best work in whatever I do. I will seek continuous improvement. I want every day to be the best day. I want to be doing my best and trying my best all the time. By continually looking at what I need to do better, I will only be better. I will keep my promises and honor my commitments. Sometimes I've been known to say, yes, I'll be there, I'll do that, and I haven't done it. I want everyone in my life to say, she keeps her promises, she shows up where she said she'd be. I will fulfill the moral obligations and the functional obligations of my many roles and account for my shortcomings and oversight in fulfilling them. My many roles include daughter, sister, best friend, student, church member, radio producer, roommate, and the list goes on and on. In each of these roles, I fulfill functional obligations and moral obligations. For example, in my job, I'm supposed to identify people that we can get on the radio as guests or contributors. A related moral obligation is to make sure that these people will represent the radio well and are the kind of people that we need to have on the air. We need to look at both our functional and moral obligations and make sure they align and that we're fulfilling them both. I will always make my family my number one priority. This is my rule, my ethical decision, and I will follow it, both for my family now and my future family. I will view my life as a gift and be grateful for it and my circumstances each and every day. This can be hard. Sometimes it's easy to complain to be a Debbie Downer. But for me and my code of ethic, that's one of the things that I view as very important. I will be optimistic and look for a larger purpose behind my actions. Everything happens for a reason. There is a larger purpose behind everything I do, and it's my job to identify the lesson I need to learn, the people I need to help, and why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. Making your own personal code of ethics will help you identify what's important to you and will help you know how to act in situations because you already have decided what's most important, what's right, and what's wrong. Your code of ethics might not look anything like mine, but what's important is that you write one. You decide what is okay, what's not okay, and how you're going to react. This personal code of ethics can be a life-save in certain ethical dilemmas. Make sure you write one today.
0: That's really good advice. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think I couldn't agree more when she says my code of ethics may not be like yours or yours. I Definitely. think we all smiled when we yeah. heard that. <laughs> like, we're all like, for sure. <laughs> that There's no way they're going to be alike. Uh, do you guys have a personal code of ethics? Because, Juan, you're a soon-to-be lawyer in two years. Again, mm-hmm. nothing you say matters right now, because right. everything you say is irrelevant, because you're not a lawyer yet. Exactly,
1: yeah.
3: And it should not be construed as relevant or, or legal, legal advice.
1: Or other professional advice. We the, should
3: just make a, like, a little promo that I can click where you say that every yeah. time he talks. Just so The you minute he starts re- talking, keep you should, repeating it, yeah. it could just talk just over Just have it
1: run in the background. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: They have it sped up like in the car commercials.
1: But you're going to have to – you have
0: to go take classes on a code of ethics.
1: Yeah. There is a class that you have to take as part of law school to learn some of the ethics of the profession. Some of them are common sense ethics, kind of like the things we've been talking about today. But some of them are going to be more particular to the lawyerly profession like – Client, lawyer, confidentiality, things like uh, that.
0: Don't chase ambulances. That too. Stuff like <laughs> uh-huh. that. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm sure we'll have a whole <laughs> class on ambulance chasing. <laughs> it, I mean, on how not to yeah, do it. Yeah, how rather. not to do it. But it um, seems like a lot of lawyers aren't taking that class.
1: Well, sometimes you
0: wonder. but, but You're supposed to
1: take it and then you, you're supposed to yeah, take that's it. That's part of the bar. Yeah, and then there's a test that goes along with the bar exam, which covers all the things that you I mean, that's great. learned or didn't learn in that class. But to me, and um, she has to take it
0: for journalism class. Mike, do you have to take one for horticulture?
3: No, I do not. No.
0: There's not an ethical There's no responsible treatment
3: of herbs? Well, it's like, do you want (laughs) the carnivorous plants? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, um, I had to take one. I totally had to take one uh, for this show. I have a personal code of ethics.
4: Well, that's called the HR um, training, isn't it? That was HR training, but I didn't oh, yeah, take it till
0: it. A, till about a week ago. I
4: know that <laughs> I went two
0: years without a personal code of ethics <laughs> until HR handed me one.
1: So I appreciate it. That's not very personal. No, no, it,
0: do you no, any good it got very else personal. With it, it got very personal. It was very, very personal. <laughs> yeah, those
1: videos are not nice.
4: Don't punch a coworker.
0: Don't punch a coworker mm-hmm. again. They said again. again. Yeah, my shoulder's starting to hurt. So not yeah, that. right. I'm sorry. It just gets away from me. Um, I I have I actually have my own personal code of ethics, that was very much done the way she suggested you do it. You just you go through your roles. So I'm a husband, father, dancer, stuff like that. And how do I want to be remembered? Kind of thing as That's, a
1: husband, father, mm-hmm. and a dancer. Do you have one, Sean? Well, I
4: kind of yeah. Share it. I mean, us. I'm I'm a dad. Yes, I want to raise my kids, cor- you know, correctly in my eyes. So I've got to teach them right and wrong. Right. Um, but at the same time. Uh, Well, I kind of go through this uh, because I do movie reviews, yeah, and so I get to go to movies for free. There you go. But Mm -hmm. in order to see the movies for free, I have to supply a review of some sort. That's that's the agreement that I have made with the movie companies.
0: You know, it might just be easier to just pay seven bucks
4: (laughs) Uh, or eleven. Yeah, (laughs) is it (laughs) eleven? Depending on where you go, and then and then your kids all want popcorn, and yeah, yeah. So, you know, I have to provide a service for, in return for a free movie. That's the way I look at it anyway.
0: And, well, and, and so are there certain times that you think, I'm not going to provide that service?
4: No. I, I, I mean, that's the agreement I made. So
3: I'm, I'm in that. You're obligated. Exactly. I have that obligation. Do, do they also include free popcorn? No. Oh, well, then I don't know. Maybe I would pay. Then you don't want to do it. Yeah. You know.
4: What if they
0: provided free popcorn, but you had to give a better review? Yeah, you see how that's an ethical uh, dilemma right oh, there. Man. Where's see? our
1: professional? We didn't even back here. Uh huh.
4: See, um I wouldn't do it for just popcorn though. I you see I don't eat I take notes in movies, so I don't eat popcorn while I'm in a movie.
3: What if it was like a free notepad? Really nice one, legal pad even. Free popcorn, milk duds, and a drink. And the movie. We and what if someone I was feeding it to you? I can't eat anything, no. though, because
4: I'm, taking, I'm no, but what watching if, the movie and taking notes. What it's if there your was your a kids. nice
0: lady yeah. that would actually feed you <laughs> while you were taking your notes?
4: I'm sorry. I sit next to my wife a lot in these movies, and she's feeding herself
3: the popcorn.
0: Well, okay. So let's say that you also had a lady papers. wearing gloves, and she was feeding
3: you. <laughs> also having, like, a flashlight so you can see what you're writing, right? No. It's still you wouldn't. can't have lights on in there. It's a, it's a te- te- movie It's a theater. one. It's what
0: have you had on infrared goggles? Jeez, oh, <laughs> see, so what we're trying uh, to see. It's bad enough I have to wear <laughs> 3D
4: goggles the for the movies.
0: we <laughs> were trying to just see how ethical you are, and apparently, uh, you're immovable. Yeah, pretty. Because yeah. we tried to move you. Good, good mm-hmm. moral
3: mm-hmm. code. Good personal moral code there.
0: What's well, cool. Proud yes,
4: you. but you're also bringing up scenarios that are just impossible to write notes with. <laughs> yeah.
0: But again, you keep thinking the notes are important.
4: Uh, that's because they are only
0: if you're doing your job.
1: There
4: you go.
0: See how this works.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, okay, well, uh, I Time think for a we've break. We're gonna take a break. Uh, apparently, we're gonna take a break. Yeah, I can't tell because Mike's running the board now. Mm-hmm. And <gasps> I, don't, I don't know what's Ooh, going on behind the scenes. Wow. And Juan's just taking a nap. He is. Doesn't even have to do his job. We're coming back. Jenny Layton's going to be joining us. You know, she's going to teach us how to have ethics in a family setting. We need that. Jenny Layton up next. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking ethics, and I just was forced with uh, my own little ethical dilemma. Do you fire somebody that you know can't do the job? Uh, <laughs> ethically, do you fire the guy that uh, turns your microphone off but leaves his microphone on, and then the, when a fight ensues, do we do we fire that guy, Juan? Legally, not that you're not that you have any legal advice. What would you recommend just as a friend?
3: Can him. Can him. Can him.
0: Can him. Sean, do you have a recommendation as the executive producer of the show?
4: Well, we are seriously looking at HR coming down to, uh, to interview, uh, yeah. assess the situation Reprimand. and make sure that uh, all avenues are met uh-huh. in whatever yeah. Yeah. sort of avenue we need to meet.
1: And okay. no undue burdens are placed upon any parties. Oh. Either interior or exterior to yeah. the organization.
4: Oh, no, beautiful. Thank you.
0: That actually sounded very <laughs> legal. And you know what? I would ask Mike what he thought, but because Mike is
4: already under investigation, <laughs> right. uh, what he says is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. No comment. Usually, usually people who are under investigation say no comment. Mike,
0: would you like to say no comment? No comment. Excellent. Thank you.
1: He can neither confirm nor deny the veracity of that statement.
0: And again, Juan is not representing Mike. Uh, Juan no. is not an attorney, he an is any... a friend of mm-hmm. the show
1: and actually Juan
0: was complicit in the actual error because Juan left <laughs> the board object. and I his object. complexity in um, the hands of Michael Pond, who really doesn't even have a driver's license.
4: Well, being that I'm the jury foreman and Matt's the judge, judge <laughs> jury and executioner. I do then... want to be the executioner. <laughs> but I'm not a lawyer. But you're no, I don't even know what I'm doing here. You're just a friend of Mike's. Uh, Alright, let's bring Jenny on. Mercy.
0: Okay, uh, Jenny Layton's joining us. Now, Jenny, you know Jenny. She is the creator of the blog The Happy Gal and author of the newly released cookbook Eating or Healthy Eating the Happy Gal Way. She's a writer, speaker, blogger, coach. She does it all and lives in Kaysville, Utah with her husband and five children. Jenny, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show.
6: Hey, thanks, Matt.
0: Hey, do you want to um, chime in on this real fast? Uh, we're thinking of getting rid of Mike after he left oh. my microphone on. <laughs> Is that too much? I knew much? you
6: were going to ask me that. I already have a prepared statement.
0: Oh, do you? Everyone's so formal today. <laughs> so,
6: uh, well, you guys are pretty formal. That's a lot of lawyer talk. Well, I know.
0: It's, I it, am he, not a lawyer. He is not a lawyer, but it is a lot of oh. talk from somebody in law school.
3: <laughs> I I need someone on my side.
0: Please uh, help me sh- out no, here. You're
6: crazy. not allowed to talk. Here's my comment. It's no, here's mine. Yeah. No comment. I'm not going to get pulled into that one. Come on, Jenny.
0: We want to make the happy gal part of this fight.
6: You Don't. know what? The happy gal just wants to talk about family. Talk. That's all she wants to talk okay. about. Okay. Let's me. just do what you do
0: very best. <laughs> and Jen, you go to families. Talk about ethics in families. Because, you know, I told you, you know, your kid's watching you drive. He's wondering why you're going above. I was going above 80, which was the speed limit where I was driving. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he keeps wondering why I'd push it up to 90.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm like, you look, yeah. your mom's not here. She doesn't need to know anything about this.
6: Don't you hate that when they catch you? Oh, <laughs> it's every
0: something? day in my life.
6: I think that's why we have kids. It's to keep us honest and help us notice. I think I think
0: you're right. Dinner. I would probably be arrested if it wasn't for yeah. a family watching me all the time.
6: <laughs> well, it's a good thing you have a family then. No,
0: totally. Talk about uh what 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 do we need to know? Ethics when it comes to our families.
6: Well, you know, I was thinking about ethics from the standpoint of a lot of times when you think that word, you think like in the business world, you have a code of ethics and in the world, you have a code of ethics. And in your family, you really do have a code of ethics within your family. I think the challenge within your family is a lot of times it's not very defined, you know, Yeah. like in a business setting, everyone's coming from a different place. So, you know, you kind of have to lay it out there. So everyone's on the same page But with your family, you assume Everybody kinda knows what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And and then you leave it like to your teenagers to find a loophole. Yeah, know? exactly.
0: Yeah, it's to not test very the, well defined. Yeah. The, the the teenagers test the kind of the the envelope, don't they, of our ethics.
6: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think when it comes to families and ethics, it's pretty important to be really clear about what your code of ethics is yeah. in your family. And so a lot of us just don't take the time to do that. And so um, I, that's, I think the first thing is just making that time to sit down and, okay, what yeah. is our code of ethics as a family?
0: How, how do you do that? Give us some some kind of examples of—because I guess part of it is just—it it's, 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 may not be something you can do in one conversation, right? It's something that mm-hmm. takes example after example after example.
6: Yeah, well, you know, it, it, I kind of think that if you're aware that you want to go in that direction with your family, you can notice problems that you have in your family over time or successes you have in your family over time and start to collect ideas so that when you actually sit down together as a family, you have some direction. Yeah. Um, I've, I've made the mistake of sitting down with my kids and asking for ideas, and I lose control really fast. And so, I I think you definitely want to have your kids be a part of what your family code of ethics is. But it's a good idea to discuss with your spouse beforehand, kind of your game plan, so sure. that when you sit down you're covering all right bases and can stir the conversation the way it needs to go.
0: So. I love that. I really do, because um, as we heard earlier from Dr. Agel, it's it seems like. Uh, you know it's a complicated thing like here's a guy that studied it forever and he's basically found 13 scenarios we're going to run up against and 15 like manipulative techniques we use to get out of it and and mm-hmm. that's the pro has na- has kind of nailed it down to that um but as parents if we're not taking it serious enough to actually talk with each other and then talk with our family they really aren't going to have a sh- they're not going to have a chance in life
6: yeah yeah, and I think you just give your kids such a benefit when you have that really clear because because then they know as a family they have that identity, that family identity of what, what you stand for and who you are so that when they're up against certain situations away from you, yeah. there's a lot more momentum going in the direction of them actually acting the way that they know they should. Yeah, And so, yeah. But, you know, I really think it's important that the kids help form that uh, code of ethics and I actually have another word that I like to use when it comes to a family because code of ethics is
0: sounds, sounds kind of corporate. pretty sterile, yeah. <laughs> you
6: know, yeah. Um, As I look
0: at the attorney, by the way, right when I said it sounds kind of <laughs> sterile, I looked right at the attorney. Well, not the attorney, oh. but the the one year uh, law school student.
6: Yeah, you didn't mean anything by that, though. No, I right? hope
0: not. I didn't, but he gave me the evil eye. By okay. the way, we're still looking at disciplining Mike. Just for anyone that's wondering. Because Mike's well, not involved in the conversation. Keep going, Jen. So what, what do you like to call it if you don't like to call it like a personal code of ethics?
6: Well, a family mission statement. There you go. Right? It's about That's yeah. about the same thing, and that feels a little more family-friendly. So you, to have kids be a part of it so that um, if they're a little bit more clear on what those ethics or what the, the morals and values are of your family and then they're also going to have a little bit more ownership in wanting to follow that because they helped create it. Sure. You know?
0: I have a. Uh, that's the principle: no, no participation, no buy-in, right? So, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, how can I enforce a code of ethics or a mission statement that none of us participated in, but mom and dad, right? Mm-hmm. So, if I want them to actually be willing to participate, I gotta, I gotta yeah. let them involve, be involved.
6: Yeah. So your question was. When do you really do that? Yeah, how do you, do, you do it? When you really yeah. sit down and do it, right? So I think it's easy to get kind of inspired when you hear things like that and say this and say, okay, I'm going to make a family mission statement, but when is it you're really going to sit down and do it? And I like to introduce the idea of like a family meeting every week yeah. and um, have that family meeting be a time that you really start to hone in on what, what does our family stand for? What's our identity? What's right and what's wrong? And what are the rules in this family? And so that can be one way, but boy, you've got to make it fun
0: because
6: <laughs> yeah. they, they sniff out uh, your ulterior motives really fast and don't want to have anything to do with it unless it's fun.
0: See, that's so true because it also makes it so it's not like, hey, okay, we're going to make now like the really boring, hard, horrible life rules. If your mission statement is something that we're about and they all think it's cool, they're going to yeah. be more inclined to participate.
6: Yeah. Well, and so here's a fun idea, too. If you haven't ever had a family meeting, you could do a kickoff, you know, and like go somewhere. Like I heard about one family that went overnight to a hotel and kind of rented out a conference room and they had fun. And then they knew they were going to have their time where they were going to go and talk about who they were as a family. And that's maybe a little bit on the extreme end, but like, that's a pretty cool concept that we're getting a trip out of it. And this is important enough that we're taking time out of our life. And then You know, then I'll talk about some other ideas of how you can then implement that mission statement in day-to-day life. But, you know, something like that, or even just um, at your home, you know, bringing out their favorite treats and sitting around the table and just really making it a really fun experience for them that they're they're excited to be a part of. I think that's pretty important for making that actually happen. Yeah.
0: Participation. Um, I I totally agree, and and what's cool about it is it's a it's a great incentive. Like we have a a place, a, a condo where we go spend time as a family about three times a year, and so if we if we've ever if we do something that's kind of connected to that space, it almost makes it so every time we go back to that space, we can. Do the same thing, and so we can kind of bring up. It might be like if you're gonna every time we go to this condo. Now we're going to talk about this a little bit, and just know that that's kind of where we reset our values, we reset mm-hmm. our principles. So yeah, if you do that as at a vacation spot, or I mean, the key to this really isn't just to get your code of ethics; it's to have the conversations.
6: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. powerful. You're actually pretty smart, Matt. That's a pretty good idea.
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm a highly trained professional.
6: <laughs> well. Because what, because what you're just talking about is something that I really like to use in my coaching, and it's this concept of habit hooking, yeah. where you've got something new that you want to implement in your life, and so you hook that onto an existing habit, so that when you're automatically doing the one thing, the next, the new behavior all all of a sudden follows.
0: It's going to work, because you've already got a hook. go to the
6: cabin, that's a real, or the condo.
0: Yeah. Yeah really revisit it. We um, Let's take a break, Jenny. We're talking with Jenny Layton that uh, I know you know is the happy gal. If you go to the thehappygal.com, uh, great stuff there. She's teaching us today how to help put together a family mission statement, kind of our own personal or family code of ethics. Great stuff. We're going to take a break, come back with her, the happy gal. And by the way, taking us to break today, Michael Pond, the what we call unhappy guy guy ever since he made that tragic error at the last break. We're going to see how it goes this time. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend show. Brought to you live, working the board, Michael Pond. Mike, you did a great job. You faded me back in. You turned the mic on effectively. Thanks, Matt. Nobody died. Uh, just for all those listening, including HR, I think we're good with Mike now. Mike has reearned my trust. Uh, I think. I think you're back. And again, your legal representation, which has no legal say, um you can release him you are released Juan your job is done
1: I didn't have a job in the first place but what was
0: fascinating is when we had the little problem with Mike and the board um, Juan who was on the other side of the board taking a nap uh, hopped right up and went over to help Mike and now you're both on the same side so I feel really good that now you're being represented Mike
1: yeah, well, you know, sometimes, legally, sometimes you got to come yeah. around the table yeah. and just be there. You're
0: technologically you know? represented. You're not legally represented. Oh, and there's as a long
1: as Now he's touching me.
0: That was awkward. This is uh, the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about um, ethics. And a, a, our good friend Jenny Layton from the blog TheHappyGal.com is teaching us about Uh, mission statements as a family and and how we could use our mission statement as our own personal code of ethics. Is that right, Jenny?
6: Well, for sure. We have to, our family mission statement, we've got to live that personally and within our family. It's not just to show for our kids, right?
0: It's not because we we did ours and we just put it on a pillow and it's in the living room. So then that way everybody (laughs) knows what it is and, and, you know, problem solved. But then then you got to live it, don't you?
6: Darn it. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> that's the hard thing. So that's really what this is about is making the code, talking as a family, what we're going to stand for, what we won't. And then like our, our guest earlier, there's just a lot of nuances and scenarios that are there that I think it'd be great to talk through your mission statement on all of these different scenarios as, the, as they come up in life.
6: Yeah. Well, so that's going to take me back to what I was talking about earlier with this family meeting idea. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways that you could do this, but this is just a really regular, effective way that I've found to be able to navigate through some of the different scenarios that come up in life with the kids and actually executing the family mission statement and living the way that we've talked about that as a family we want to live. And so, you know, when you've got that regular time that you sit down together as a family and you know, there can be a lot of things that you achieve in that meeting. I love to talk about the, the schedule for the week and kind of get everyone on the same page and different, um, scenari- you know, things that come up that we have to talk about as a family. But one of the big chunks of time that we spend in that meeting is to repeat our family mission statement. So it has to be kind of short. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. I have a lot of kids that lose attention really quickly. <laughs> but, <laughs> I have a whole <laughs> team that yeah. loses their attention
0: really very quickly.
6: Kids, are you, what's that? Well,
0: my whole team loses their attention very quickly as well.
6: So so we need to be short.
0: Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, but you actually repeat tendencies. it together. <laughs> I love that. Um,
6: then, yeah, yeah. And then we'll talk about, okay, who this week had experiences um, where they used our family mission statement, and it made a difference. That's great. And we really like to take that time to highlight the wins and the successes. And the kids don't often r- recognize those times, but his parents were watching for them. Yeah. So we'll and then you can bring it up. What, yeah. Tell us about what happened when you were in school and you weren't prepared for your test and you thought maybe you could look on your neighbor's paper or something.
0: Yeah. Like I think yeah. that's great. And then you have the discussion about it and you're, you're educating everyone else to look out for that. I mean, plus just possible scenarios. If, 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 Like this, If you remember, Dr. Agle today gave us role plays and examples. So it might be fun to make up a few and say, great, how would we live our mission statement if somebody, if a friend or a neighbor child asked you to do this? What would we do there?
6: Mm -hmm. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I love that. And you can also take that same idea with actual live examples that happened in the week that maybe didn't go so well. You know, like in our family, we really value... Um, loving each other and treating each other kindly and there was this really interesting experience when there was a fight between two siblings and when you can talk about it not right in the situation when the emotions are running high yeah. but there's a, there's a reserved time each week where you can revisit those and people are more calmed down they can see things a little more objectively and then they can make they can see maybe where a mistake was made and how they can do it differently next time.
0: That's so great. I mean, I, the real thing about it is, it sounds like that that's so formal, but yet it's just parenting. You're just you're mm-hmm. just saying, make sure you're making time to actually discuss what's important.
6: Yeah, and it's fun on a, in a conversation like this that makes it sound almost easy to be a parent, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it does. <laughs> I like these scenarios where it's all hypothetical.
6: Uh, yeah. <laughs> But it's way different when you sit down. That's why I said my kids told us after a while, listen, we've got to have some treats because this is, you know, we want this to be more fun. And we've had to, like, give assignments to the kids in the family meeting so that they're more apart and they're not just listening to us lecture because it's really easy to go into that mode. Yeah.
0: Well, and so, uh, but part of it, too, your kids are younger. How old your oldest?
6: He's almost 15.
0: Wow. Yeah, they're young. And,
6: and then, is that young? That's, That's young. I feel like I've had him for so long.
0: <laughs> yeah. But see, what's amazing is, but when they're all kind of getting older into teenville, all of a the sudden they, they already have their own attitude, right? And their own perspective of what's right and wrong. But mm-hmm. if you've already taught them these dialogue skills, and you know, you can even maybe adjust the mission a little bit as, as they get a little older, but it'll only really become probably more simplified.
6: Yeah, I think so. And that's what I love about your condo retreat idea was each week, that's just a quick revisit
7: mm-hmm. where you're
6: just, the constant exposure is kind of adding a little layer to their confidence in the family mission statement. But when it's time to really take a look at it and maybe make some bigger adjustments, that's a great habit hook. Yeah. You know, when we go to the condo, we revisit it for a half an hour, you know?
0: I think it's great. So. Do you? Um, what are some other questions that you would ask as you're putting together this mission?
6: I think that's a good question. Like the mission statement, is yeah. that what yeah. you're asking? Yeah. I think when when we made ours, we just started talking about what do we value. You know, we value education. We value personal development. This was high level, obviously, with my husband and I. Right, <laughs> so the exactly. The 16 year old wasn't even piping up at this point. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. We value compassion. We value having a home that people feel welcome in. And then from there, you start to craft statements that really support that, you know, when there's conflict, we decide quickly that we're going to be unselfish. And really, even from that can emerge family rules. And that sounds like a lot of layers. But for the younger ones, compassion doesn't mean a lot. But we don't hit our brother means a lot more. Oh, three, sure. You know,
0: <laughs> hands off. Yeah, you could just throw yeah. that in there. Leave your brother alone. Um and then uh we we have this thing it's another hook I guess you'd call it where at the end of the day we take family time maybe we always have a prayer as mm-hmm. a family not always it usually sometimes it you know it regresses into oh, like I'm, a prayer fight
6: You're making yourself look really good. Yeah, so we always, always have a
0: prayer in a moment of spiritual enlightenment <laughs> as a family. Usually somebody gets hand. hit with a ball and then there's there's a full on war. <laughs> But other than that going on, a lot of times, though, we then—that's when um, we reconnect to that purpose. And we just, mm-hmm. we've just we got ours just in a simple little three-word phrase, and we reconnect to it regularly. And what's cool is—so I have a son that is away in Mexico right now serving a mission for the LDS Church. and But he got to call on Mother's Day, and he got to call on Christmas. And so when we then— have a great moment where we're all Skyping with him and it's time to say goodbye to him. We then did a family prayer and then we just actually restated this little mission we have. Mm-hmm. And it is the most, it immediately kind of resets all of us to this purpose that we're in this together. Wow. And I envision the day that when I'm dying, when I'm dead, because I don't want to be dying at my funeral, I want to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> but I, do want, want I want everyone to hear that I want that heard by everybody I want to be dead at my funeral <laughs> Okay, Juan, you'll, you'll <laughs> you be my attorney it, I said that you
6: want, Don't you want to be able to hear what they say your funeral, no, no, I always think about it.
0: <laughs> Yeah, no I don't the way, the way it works in my family I already write everyone's talk anyway So I'll probably write everyone's talk for my funeral <laughs> I'll have I it all written know. It's pathetic And um, I've already picked like 20 songs that I want And a bagpipe <laughs> I want a bagpiper and twenty songs, and so are you,
6: are what, you Scottish?
0: Mm, probably.
6: Maybe I, you'll be in a kilt.
0: <laughs> I, I want to be buried in my kilt.
6: Okay. Yeah. This is a great. I love where this story is going. I can't wait to hear. Well,
0: I don't know how it ends, but um, I, however it ends, I'll probably be dead. Um. Yeah. So at my funeral, I want my kids to be able to to still gather with my grandkids, great grandkids all these people, and then we still are able to have that mission. I want my mission that we started when our kids were tiny to still, that family mission to still be in play when they're burying grandpa in a kilt.
6: You know what? That is really cool. I love that idea because that just shows you the power of proactive living because if you have that vision already And you are taking the time to implement those kinds of things. What a legacy you're leaving versus other people who don't do that in a conscious effort. No. They still leave a version of that, but it's not as concrete and solid and strong. So that's just really powerful. I love
0: that. That's all I got going.
6: (laughs) Well, that's a pretty good thing. If you're only going to do one thing, that's a good one.
0: Well, plus I got buried and I'll get buried in a kilt.
6: With a bagpiper. Hey, I want to know what your three words are. You I can't
0: care? tell you. They're Pardon? highly. They're highly private. Uh, they're, by the way, the, everyone has these <laughs> words. Anyone can use these words, but our words are ours, and no one else can use them, or no one. Okay. I could tell I you, gonna... Jen, but I'd have to kill you.
6: Oh, well, I don't want that. Well, because and just so you know, the,
0: the last. A <laughs> well, yeah, the, the the last girl that um, was on our show that used to take that you that you actually replaced. She asked me, and I told her, and we had to kill her.
6: Oh, dear. So
0: I don't want to do that to there. you. I want you to be around for a long time.
6: Maybe I better know all the rules of being on the show.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that's good. Now, yeah. you, now you know. Just get me a kilt. And you know what? If you ever come in live, bring food. That's another rule. Okay. <laughs> bring food and wear a kilt. I
6: will come in live. I can now that it's summer because my kids are home. Okay. So I'm not doing that after school thing. So I'll come down next time. Okay.
0: You promise. You come down. You don't have to bring food, but the people that we tend to like the most do.
6: Okay. Well, I like to buy popularity so well, do
0: it. we like homemade popularity too you don't even need to buy it no but homemade we it, we, don't, we don't care anyway jen we just love we'd love you to be here so whenever okay you're we'll the best down, then. everybody go check out uh jenny's blog thehappygal.com. Thehappygal.com. the happy her kids are almost in school it's almost summertime i mean so uh she's even going to be the happier uh, <laughs> appreciate you jenny great stuff Take, Thanks, take care of yourself, you bet. And everybody go check out her newly released cookbook, Healthy Eating, The Happy Gal Way. Just go to the website, thehappygal.com. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. When we come back, Sean is going to lead us in, an, in a, I guess, a discussion of ethical dilemmas, examples he's going to be quizzing us on. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio.
5: Few activities in this world are older than intelligence gathering. Every state that I know of, even the Maldive Islands, the smallest state in the UN, has an intelligence group that works for it. Every state does.
1: The world is full of fascinating people, which is why the Kennedy Center is dedicated to understanding and explaining
5: the interactions between governments, cultures, and peoples from across the globe. Notes from the Kennedy Center, weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. BYU Radio, talk about
1: good. Take a rest from stress with a moment of music and thoughtful words that renew the spirit. Join the Mormon Tabernacle Choir each week for some of the world's most inspiring music.
8: Music and the Spoken Word airs on BYU Radio at 9.30 p.m. Eastern.
0: Welcome back, friends. We're coming in really the helicopter's landing. Anyway, once again, Michael, uh, Michael Pond is, um, is testing the edges of employment as he runs the board, trying to fly the show as only Juan and James and 14 others who have gone before him can.
1: So he's the one out of the 15
0: yeah. who has helicopter trouble. Interesting. That one was hard. We were coming in hot. We were coming in hot. But you're stressed out of your head.
3: Michael. Man, this is so fun.
0: This is, this a, is fun. a blast. No, you actually volunteered for this opportunity.
3: It, yeah, you know, cross training. I'm a producer, but I also want to learn how to work the board. It's rough. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. No, no, no. I you're doing publicly great. Apologize. No, you're
0: honestly. There's nothing to worry about. I just hope you're enjoying your last time on the board.
3: Yeah, it's fun. Uh...
0: It, I, honestly, it doesn't even matter to me. It's fun. This is fun. I mean, I mean, professionalism aside, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally fun. Totally fun. Okay. Anyway, Sean, <laughs> yeah. you're really doing great. Don't worry about it. You do not need to stress. Juan is right there for you, and he's got legal representation. Hey, so, Sean. Um, Juan has legal representation. Mike doesn't. No, Mike, well, no. And he, Juan can't actually represent. Juan, Juan knows Mike. lawyers. So. Well, no, but Juan actually has um, board representation
4: yeah yeah well, that's where yeah, your yeah, presentation represent is bored with him, yeah, yeah. Hey, but that um, hey
0: talk about uh, ethical dilemmas because we've been talking about them all day, but you seem to have an,
4: a corner on Well, I thought we would use our training that we've gone Kay. through today during the show Kay. and see if we've learned anything all right, today. for sure. so what have we learned on the show today, Matt well, we've
0: learned we've learned that some people should just be producers
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and he's not even listening, so that was easy exactly and we've, uh, we've learned uh, Juan can't give legal advice. that's true. That is true. And um, we learned about mission statements and we learned that there's just a lot of work to be done Mm -hmm. ethically.
4: So I found a list of uh, little moral dilemmas. Okay. And I thought I'd present them. Yeah. Bring it on. Bring it on. You know, what we can discuss. Okay. Found this actually on a website called Divine Caroline. Okay. And so here's the first one. Let's hear it. Is it okay to use work supplies or mail for personal purposes? No. Absolutely not in any way, shape, or form.
0: Actually, mail is free. So if I use my own envelope, I think I could probably have the mail person, mail carrier pick up the letter.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah. If you put your own stamp on yeah. the letter I and use stuff, my own stamp, do all that. Taking it, to, taking it to work to actually put it in the mail I don't think is a bad thing. No, that's no. probably not a problem. Yeah, that's good. But as long as you pay for the postage for yeah. your own mail, yeah, you're use, fine. Yeah,
0: and you use your but own ink from your own pen.
4: Is it okay for you to pick up a pen when your wife calls and write the shopping list on a Post-it note? Before you go home? Mm. 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 You guys are all thinking <laughs> about food right now. I can tell. Uh, no, but
0: that's, see, that's, you know, people do that. They do. Yeah. But that's why I write everything on my phone. Okay. Because unless and, my company pays we, for And we've got to
4: get away to get the ink off of that screen. That's right. <laughs> so true. All right. So you find $20 on a bus seat. Do you ask around to see if anyone dropped it. No way. Slide it in your pocket and get off the bus.
3: That's whoa.
4: You want to say something, Mike? Speak into the microphone, Mike.
3: Well, I just, I don't know. Whenever I see money, I kind of leave it there. I think somebody who's missing it might look back where they think they left it.
0: No, you, that's not what you're thinking. You're thinking, is someone filming me? Mm-hmm. That's what you're thinking. Am is I on YouTube? Is this ABC? Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> is this the What Would You Do show? Yeah. What would you do? Uh, So I would actually look around and say, hey, did anybody lose 20? But then if somebody says, yeah, I did, then I'd say, hey, me too. So we're both at 20, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then I'd stick it in my pocket and walk
1: away. That's when you (laughs) ask them, what does it look like? Because that's what they always ask you. Like, oh, I lost a wallet. What does it look like? It doesn't work with a $20 bill. Those are pretty generally lose any money? Yeah. Yeah, it's green. It has numbers on it. I have no it. problem asking for things. I, I, I don't have a problem asking
4: that question. Has anybody lost any money? Yeah, I would ask that. Because then you can they can say, oh, yes, I lost $20. Yes. They can look in their pocket and right. see. And then if you say, okay, well, here's here's the 20 I found. Yeah. Yes. So that makes it a little easier, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that's better.
4: All right. Um, here's one for the, these two, actually, because I know they have desks that they sit at where this yeah. could happen. Your partner has left his or her email open on your shared computer. Oh, boy. Is it okay to look at the inbox, or what about a specific email? Because I saw Mike doing this today. Yes.
3: You did? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Wh- wh- whose email was I on?
0: The person that was that shares that desk with
3: you. What, what did it look like? Like an email. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a
0: $20 uh, bill. <laughs>
3: I don't know. I kind of feel like that's happened a lot here. Uh, I'm sure it has, uh, actually. You know, because we use a lot of the same computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, I will minimize the oh, that's right because yeah. I don't want to. After you read anyone's it, or works. before you read it, I try not to read it Kay. myself. That was very good of you. Yeah, I don't know. What do you mean a specific email? If I'm looking for
4: you, sub- see, you happen to see an email that has a juicy subject.
3: Oh, I don't know, and it's about you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. if it's about me. Then I'm all in. <laughs> then you'd read it. Yeah. Uh, so if funny. it was a, if it's, it was it's a woman. It's concerning me. Yeah. You know, okay. What yeah. if
1: it's an email to HR regarding your soon-to-be termination? I don't okay. know
3: if that email would exist uh, for much longer after being at that computer. It does.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, you would actually – you'd eliminate it.
3: Oh, it's already been sent? I thought this was like in the
1: process. Oh, okay. Mm,
0: this is weird. This is very weird.
1: Mm-hmm. These are good questions, though. These are great. Give us another one.
4: Okay. Uh, the clerk at the grocery store gives you too much change. Oh, you got to give it back. Do you tell her? Yes. I've actually had my mother do this with me. She gave when I was when money? I was a teenager, we went to the store, um, and as we walked out of the store, my mother realized, wait a minute, we have got too much here. Really? So we went back and and gave it back. So that's a good mom. Mm-hmm. She's a keeper. <laughs> I always. So I've I've always. I've always done that myself and tried to teach my kids to do that as well.
0: I think that's, that's, that's the lesson. You know, that's kind of the standard parenting example. Yeah. Honesty. Honesty. It's the best policy.
4: Okay. Here's one. Is it okay to stretch the truth on your taxes? I have an example. I have an okay. example. A home office that's also a playroom for your kids? hmm Or, hmm, this might sound familiar, a business trip that mixed in pleasure? Yeah. Huh. What's the question? <laughs> <laughs> what is the question? See, I don't have no problem. You, well, you just took a business. You just took I, a trip where you were speaking. Hypothetically, it was a trip, right? I was on a trip, but you also had. A, I spoke and I had family time.
0: Exactly, mm-hmm. and I got sunburned.
4: But I have no. Yeah, <laughs> I have no problem that you might deduct the travel expense. Mm -hmm. of actually getting there on your taxes. Now, you're driving around time there that you're with family? Mm -hmm. Maybe not. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Right. Because you're not an accountant. I don't do my taxes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what we're deducting. Mm -hmm. But that's not legal advice. No, No. it's
4: accounting advice, not legal advice. Yeah,
0: let's just make that clear. All right. But that's that's hard because you can write a lot off legally. Yeah. And the funny thing is, just because it's legal doesn't make it moral. That's true.
4: That is very true. Believe me,
0: there's things that... Are legal that are still
4: not quite probably. Moral. Yeah, and that's Juan's next year of law school. I know, but I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> okay, well you'll have to wait uh, a year. Oh, yeah, wait, one I'm not year there yet. Hey, next year's shows are going to be great. You uh, yeah. <laughs> is it okay to take a free sample of something even though you're not going to buy it? For sure, I think it is. It's free. Yeah. If, it's a uh, sample. If I'm, if I'm in a grocery store and they're doing free samples it's not a down payment (laughs) no it's not you're just if if somebody's handing out free samples they're not handing out free samples only because they want you to buy it yes you don't have to sign like a non-compete and a non-disclosure
0: you're eating a free sample right that's the only way to go do that i think so yeah i had a guy wash my car for free as a sample really he didn't wash all of it just one hubcap? He was just showing how this thing would the thing guy That guy comes caps. around your neighborhood. Like, I don't know. One hubcap's not enough. Can you do one more hubcap? <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, that kind of goes to a question I had. So at the sample table there, what if you keep going back, waiting for a different now person to come I up and is, you keep going back?
4: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a bit much. Yeah, that, you're just a user now. Yeah. That's yeah. bad. That's called addiction. These are good.
0: <laughs> well, this, is a good, this was a good little quiz. Okay. You did great, Shawnee. Thank you. Uh, you'll need to go talk to HR to figure out the mic thing. Oh, I know. Because you are the
4: executive I've got to talk to Don first. And-,
0: and Don. Hey, and while you're with Don, ask him about our gear.
4: Uh, we're getting eye patches to go along with the pirate <laughs> shirts. <laughs> See,
0: he keeps adding stuff. I don't want an eye patch. I want him to take the pirate shirts back and the eye patch, and I want him to get us a really good sweater vest. That says the Matt Townsend Show. <laughs> yeah, good luck. I'm trying. Hey, here's a final quote for you. What you do makes a difference, and you have to decide what kind of difference you want to make. Jane Goodall, she used to hang out with the monkeys. That's true. Not the band. Hey, you are all entitled to a new Matt Townsend show. (laughs) Tomorrow we're talking about entitlement, friends. Are we entitled to certain things? We're going to be discussing it. Join us tomorrow on the Matt Townsend Show. It's been a great show today. Thanks for being with us. Tomorrow, more on the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio.